Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School here for another podcast for Nature Reliance Media. Today I'm doing another fantastic interview with my buddy Adam Smith. How would I describe Adam? You know, I don't know that I can. <laughs> Adam is one of those dudes that's hard to put a description on. He was in the military for a considerable amount of time, started out as 11 Bravo, jumped into a tank, and then he jumped into a Green Beret. So he's, uh, he's just one of those guys. Got all kinds of stories to tell. But the thing that sets Adam apart from most of the folks that I know, he is one of the most energetic, uh, fantastic communication skills and knows how to translate that into you, meaning he knows how to motivate people in a way that I think only Adam can. So it's just a fantastic time. I always have a great time when I sit down and chat with Adam. Today we talk about Forge Legend, which is the big project that Adam has been working on for quite some time now. He's going to tell us all about that. He's going to talk about the foundation that just recently got kicked off and the work that they're doing for veterans and first responders at Forge Legend. We also talk about two or three other things, survival and stuff of that nature, because anybody that studied with me up in Indiana, all those things that I'm doing in Indiana, well, Adam's the one that got me connected with that crew up there. You'll enjoy talking survival and tracking and all that sort of stuff. And last but not least, we thought the podcast was over, or we both did. We shut it down, shut the recording off, and then we got to talking some more, ended up talking for another 30 minutes, and hit record again and started talking about dirt bike racing, of all things. So listen in. Going to have a fantastic time. You're going to feel energized when you get done with this one. And here's Adam. Adam Smith, welcome to the podcast. Craig, thank you for having me, bro. It's good to see you. Dude, it's good to see you. For those that are listening, uh, Adam and I are recording this where we can see each other because he is a fantastic, good-looking man, and I want to lay eyes on him again. I am, in fact, sir. You, sir, are not doing too bad with that beard. <laughs> Check it out, son. Oh, man. Looking good, Got a haircut man. yesterday. I look good, boy. No touch for men in that beard, brother. Just remember the <laughs> No color, joke, man. man. Who cares? I've earned every one of these gray hairs, That's man. Exactly every single right. one of them. <laughs> oh, what's up with Adam Smith? Oh man, life is crazy. Life is life is awesome. The, I can't remember when was the last time we talked. It's probably been a year and a half, two years. Has, has it been? been that long? I, I think it has been. I think the last time we had a conversation, you were still here. I mean, you were still yeah. in Indiana. You weren't in down Indiana. In, yeah, in now, North so Carolina. We're in, now we're in we're in good old Asheville, North Carolina now. Right. Um, beautiful. We spent we spent a lot of times in the mountains, and we go hiking a lot, and. uh it's absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's, it's pretty spectacular. You know what? I didn't know Asheville actually is in a temperate rainforest. Yeah, I didn't man. know this. Yes. And yes. So, oh, that man. place is fantastic, man. There's so much going on with woody stem and herbaceous stem plants down there. I love Asheville. It's, good it's place. beautiful, man. It's beautiful. We have this awesome right out my back door. So we live in downtown. Like we're like, I, you, I could hit mission hospital with a rock hmm. from where okay. I live. Um, but our backyard, there's no house in our backyard. So it's just woods in our backyard and we're right downtown. 
we have a, a family of black bears that come walking from Biltmore Forest right through our backyard. We got a big uh, patch of uh, blackberries, right? Oh, nice. Na- just natural growing blackberries there in the backyard. They, so we have these black bears that come through our yard all the time. Hmm. To come get the come get the the the. Uh, you the ever have any trouble with them? Me no, in trouble with man. Them nah, we haven't had any issues with them. Yeah, good. No. If they and if they if they start getting a little squirrely, we just go outside and hey bear, get out of here. <laughs> get away. Uh, it works good. Built more forest, man. How big is that place? It's, it's big. And I've been there. Yeah. I love going there to and yeah, it's, uh, it's, but I didn't know how big that place. It's thousands of acres, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I mean, a lot of um a lot of a lot of like the Blue Ridge national park and the blue ridge mountains and where they have the the blue ridge parkway a lot of that was previously owned by um the people that set up the biltmores like that set up the biltmore mm-hmm. forest and have the the state and whole nine yards so when when they originally when they originally moved in this area and built on that property that property was huge it was it was monstrous right um, and then they started divvying it out to the city and divvying it out to the state and you know creating um land trusts and preserves and whatnot but it's still big yeah, no joke, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's and there's all kinds of beautiful areas down there to get out on public oh, yeah. land on public land too. So yeah. So what what took you to North Carolina? Um, we have a new beautiful, she's almost 16 weeks year old now. 16 weeks old. 16 weeks year old. I don't know where the hell that came from. Uh <laughs> she's 16 weeks old. She's a we have a beautiful brand new daughter, uh Tovi, T-O-V-E of Thor, proper name. And nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Toby Smith. She's man. She's awesome. We, we, we literally moved down here. We wanted to be in the mountains and Megan wanted to be closer to her family and, and her family lives down in this area. Her twin sister, crazy story. Her twin sister was three weeks pregnant when we found out that Megan was pregnant. Oh, wow. That and like so twins. completely unplanned. We had been trying to get pregnant for two years up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was, it was awesome that it all just fell in line. It was really spectacular. Right. Yeah. So we moved to Asheville because we want to be in the mountains and she wanted to be close to her family. I said, Montana. She said, that's too far away. She right. said, Asheville. I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good choice though, man. There, there's kind of quite a bit of uh, arts and culture down there too. Oh man. That's, yeah. I mean, I know there's a bunch of hippie freaks too, but still. There's a lot of hippies in the area, but you know, there's a lot of really good craft beer. There's really good food. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to do stuff. And the best part about it is that you you're literally 10 minutes from some of the best hiking in the country. I mean, just right. beautiful hikes, beautiful outdoor experience, beautiful opportunities. And, uh, and it's really like the small business engagement in the area is really good as well. It's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming just what little bit I know about Asheville, they probably pride themselves on small business and people doing their own thing. Right. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of it. It's really good. There's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of privately owned one-offs here. There's not, a, you, you have, you chain restaurants and stuff, but I mean, there's a lot of privately owned businesses that are doing really good. I mean, there's a, an Indian food place that just opened up. You wouldn't think Asheville, North Carolina and Indian food, but there's an Indian food place that opened up not three minutes from my front door. And it's spectacular, privately owned, not a chain. It's like, it's really, it's really pretty awesome. Nice. Good yeah. stuff. So what are you into? So, man, that's what I want to talk to you about. So yeah. I, in 2019, I think the last time we talked, um, I was, we had a CrossFit gym that was going, I was working for a, um, working for a company that was bringing about a hemp derived CBD product into the market, uh, targeting veterans and first responders. And that's still going on. Uh, but in 2019, one of the, one of the projects that I wasn't really promoting at the time was a creation of a company called the For- called Forge Legend. And you and I talked about this a lot. It was it the company is all about helping good men become better men. And right. that has led us to where we are today. And we just recently set up the Forge Legend Foundation, which is a 501c3 hmm. entity that's specifically supporting veterans and first responders um, inside the United States. Man, that's what I want to talk to you. But there's so many new things that have happened, but but there is this um there's this trend that's happening right now in, in the United States where you know, guys who become 30 years old, above 30, 30 and above, really, um, they, they stop seeking discomfort. When you're young, you're hungry, right? You have these young guys that are hungry and they want to create something. So they, they live sort of in a constant state of being uncomfortable and, and, and being, being dis, in discomfort. 
because they're hungry. So they, they want to create something better, but you hit 30 years old and you get established and you have a family and you have kids and you have a good job and you're making pretty good money and you have a pretty good life. And then like, you know what? I don't want to really, I don't want to rock the boat. Right. I, don't, I don't want to rock the boat. I might ruin everything I've created. Let me guess. Oh. You guys change that for people. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Heck yes. You know, you know, my personality and, yeah. and, and how I train when I was training law enforcement officers, you, you know, it's, it's, it is about, it's about helping men reconnect to that discomfort. And, uh, and it's the same thing inside of the veteran thing. And that's the big piece is the, the veterans foundation, the, the forge legend foundation. It, it was definitively established. Like we, as guys in the military, um, survival guys, nature guys, guys that are veterans, first responders, uh, military personnel, like there, there's a lot of seeking discomfort. Let, let's be real. Like nobody's really comfortable sleeping on the ground. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've done it for. I don't care how much you love it. It's not comfortable to sleep on the ground. It's just not, it, it's sure. not. Do I enjoy it? Whew. All day long. I love it. Like, let's go out and let's, we'll build a bed out of sticks and leaves and, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll enjoy it. But when guys get out, they lose this sense of mission and purpose. And so, especially for veterans, there's a, um, there's a challenge. There's a real challenge for guys to redefine themselves. It probably do us well because some of the people that are listening to us now maybe didn't get that last one. Tell some people how you were uncomfortable back in the day. Cause I don't think we even talked about your military <laughs> career. Did we, we should no, probably we bring didn't. that up. No, we, we didn't at all. So I, I spent 17 years in the army. Um, and I spent uh, most of that time in the special forces as a green beret. Um, I started in 11 Bravo was in the infantry, uh, very, very short period of time. I became a tanker. I don't know if for most, nobody's <laughs> going to, everybody's listening. I'm, I'm six, three. And when I was in the army, I was six, three, 255 pounds. I could stand up in the loader's hatch of the, of an M1 Abrams and my head would stick out a loader's hatch. And I could look out of the M1 Abrams with my head out of the tank to see what was going on. Um, and in fact, we did a, we did a tank table. We did a tank range for qualification one year and we were having, it was so dark that we didn't have any infrared reactive response from our targets downrange. So when we were using, um, we were using our, uh, our thermals on the tank, they didn't have the, the, there's a contraption that they put on tank targets that will heat up the tank target. So it gives you a heat signature, but they, it didn't work. And so we're, oh, wow. we're solely relying on night vision to try and see. So my, my gunner is trying to scan to find the targets. My tank commander is trying to scan to find targets. I mean, I can't see anything. I was like, hold on guys. It just happens. I, I used to be in the infantry. I know how to use these night vision devices that you guys aren't really familiar with. So I stick my head out of the tank and I got, I've got PBS sevens, which are super old school night vision. They're absolute crap. And I'm, I'm scanning and I'm like, all right, I'm going to walk the gunner onto the target. So literally head out of the turret. All right, gunner, come left, come left, come left. Stop. Yep. You're, you're there. Drop your gun. Keep coming down, down, down. All right, you're on target. And then I would drop down into the hatch so we could pull the trigger and we shoot the target. I'd pop back up and look for the next target. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> you know, That's fantastic. Dollar machine that can 70 tons that can do, you know, 60 miles an hour. And we're using, uh, we're using good old elbow grease to find targets. <laughs> but, and then I left, I left that and became a green beret. And that was, um, that was probably one of the greatest things I ever did uh, was, was in the military was, was be a green beret. It's, you volunteer to be really uncomfortable a lot. Right. Um, selection is all about being uncomfortable. Qualification course is all about being uncomfortable. Your deployments, you're uncomfortable. You, I mean, it's just, you just, you just kind of live in a constant state of discomfort. And there's a lot of learning and growth that comes from that. And that's what you're putting into Forge Legend, right? Is this you or in somebody joining you on this? And so the Forge Legend or? Foundation, yeah. So so Forge Legend, the 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 for profit company, Forge Legend, is has got six different owners and partners, and I'm one of mm-hmm. the owners and partners of the for profit company. the The foundation um, is actually presided by a man who's a very close friend of mine. Uh, his name's John Sharondo. And, uh, and John is, John is a man who, who truly understands what it means. He was never in the military. He's one of the biggest patriots I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and he knows what it is to find growth and discomfort. I mean, he, he basically lived in discomfort for such a long time. He created a, a, a very successful, um, uh, business. And when I say very successful, I mean, very successful. He's, he's, he is a partner in multiple, multiple businesses. Um, and he's extremely successful, but you know, he always says, look, this success comes with, came with bleeding ulcers and, and, and sleepless mm-hmm. nights. And 
uh, and sometimes on the verge of bankruptcy and, you know, having, having debt over seven figures and, and mm. working on figuring out how to do, how to come out of that debt. And, and I think that there's a lot to be said about that. Like if you want to create something really powerful, if you want to, if you want to become a new version of yourself, you, you have to learn what that is. I mean, that's, and that's what, that's what you do in nature reliance. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's, that, that, that's, that's what not the message right now that we sell, but it is what we do. That's what, that's what people come out the other side of a survival class learning that they're capable of doing things they didn't know they could do before they got there. That, that's fantastic. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. And I, and I think that that's important because, you know, you have to be able to, to experience something. If you're like, you know what? I want to challenge. I want something that's going to challenge me. All right, that's cool. Let's find a challenge. But if it's a challenge, then you're comfortable with it. You know, like really, if it's just a challenge, if it's just challenging that you're comfortable with it, what's actually getting uncomfortable. And, and so inside of the foundation, that's the big focus. The big focus is like, look, man, you have, you lived a life of discomfort in the military as a first responder. You're now redefining who you are. You're redefining your purpose and your mission. You get to choose life. You don't have to die for something anymore. I'm not saying that you won't. It's just saying you don't have to, like, that's not your job. And so that's, that's what the foundation is about. It's about bringing, it's about bringing those like-minded individuals together, showing them that in discomfort, there's growth and an opportunity to build a tribe again and help guys understand and recognize like, look, you get to choose your mission and purpose. It doesn't have to be defined or given to you by the government anymore. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey guys and gals, a quick break in our episode to talk about a game changer in outdoor cooking, the Fire Maple Backpacking and Camping Stove System. Whether you're hiking, fishing, or even prepping for emergencies, this portable pot and jet burner is a must-have in your gear. Best part? It's nearly half the price of a comparable jet boil stove system. Thanks to its leading heat exchange technology, you'll experience reduced boiling times by up to 30% compared to traditional stoves, even in windy conditions. That means more time enjoying the outdoors and less time cooking. Are you ready to upgrade your outdoor cooking game? Click the link in the description now to grab yours. Trust me, your outdoor adventures will never be the same. And so how do you do that? How, how do you all accomplish that? What are you, what are you all doing to make that happen? Man, that's a good, that is a good question. I wonder if I have, I wonder, I was going to say, I have a video. Um, I have a video, which is an intro, but it doesn't actually show what we do. We do all sorts of stuff. We bring guys together for a live experience. It's a live event. It's an opportunity to have real conversations. They, they, it's an opportunity to get uncomfortable again, wet and sandy. We do some stuff on the beach. You're going to get wet and sandy. You're going to be a little <laughs> uncomfortable. You might get a little cold. You know, you might, you might have to carry a log. I, I don't know. You, 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 you might have to talk about some shit that's really hard to talk about. You might have to talk about some experiences in your life that you haven't really shared with other people because it's uncomfortable to do it. And that's, that's the biggest thing is so many people just carry it inside because it's, it's so quote hard. People aren't going to understand me. They're going to think I'm a monster. Like, there's so many stories that guys have. So we, we incorporate all of those things. We incorporate adventure. We incorporate excitement, adrenaline. We incorporate real conversation and communication. We incorporate hard, hard topics, camp, you know, campfires. Let's hang out at the campfire and bullshit again and just mm -hmm. and engage with one another and tell, tell old stories. And then also talk about the real stuff that's really getting us. And purposely with other people that, that do understand. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause typically a lot of the guys that have done the type of work you've done, first responders as well they they're on their own when they go to the house there's not people at the house that understand exactly what it looks like to see the things that they see every day right that's exactly right so it's good to be around people that yeah, have. it's about building a tribe it really is about building a tribe and, and that's that's the number one thing and, that, and again like you said that that's what survival school is about survival courses are about going into the woods getting dirty getting cold being getting thirsty, getting hungry, especially if you're doing a long-term survival course, because what you do is you learn that you have the ability to persevere through, through really hard challenges. Right. If you're doing, if you're going to go and do a survival course, then do one that's going to test you do one. That's going to limit the stuff you're allowed to bring do one. That's going to not make you comfortable. So like uh, learning, 
learning environments are, there's a multitude of opinions and theories on learning environments, right? Like, oh, well, let's set up the learning environment so that's as conducive to learn as possible. And some people think that is, okay, well, let's have the AC turned down and let's have, or let's have the heat turned up or let's make them really comfortable. Let's have plenty of coffee. I agree. We can do all of those things, but I don't, this is how I set up my room. The AC is set to 60. If you're not chattering your teeth, it ain't cold enough. The coffee is hot and boiling. If that, if you cannot stand a spoon up in the coffee, then it ain't coffee enough. That's the second one. It's not coffee. The third one, if you don't jump out of your chair at the beginning of my class, then you are too comfortable and I have to do something to get you out of that comfortable space. So people don't realize that the reason why we turn the temperature down is so you don't fall asleep. The reason why the coffee is super hot and spoon stands up in it is so that just a little bit of that caffeine can keep you alert. The reason why the opening portion of the conversation when I walk into a room is me probably yelling, smacking something or punching something is to get you turned on, right? I want to get that switch flipped. I want you to be here and present. It's to make you uncomfortable, right? I don't want you to think that you're sitting in your house on your couch watching a TV show. That's not what I want. I want you to have an experience. It's visceral. Love it. That's what, man, I'm all excited right now. (laughs) Yeah. So you're doing that there or you travel to do this? type of work we travel everywhere so we we're, we're doing stuff in um we do stuff out of texas we do stuff out of florida um we've done some experiences in uh, oregon we've done them in vermont and uh, and right now we just we've just were able to get the 501c3 established and up and running and so we are in the process right now of putting on the very first veterans event all the events we've done up to this point have been on the forge legend side on the for-profit side and we've had a multitude of veterans that came through business uh, veterans that are entrepreneurs, guys that own their own businesses, um, guys that have learned what it is to kind of redefine themselves in the civilian space. And, and even still, even those guys are still battling with these stories about mission and purpose. It's crazy to see it. Right. Um, And so we've had those guys come through on the, on the other side and have really great success in reconnecting and, and using a model that really serves. And so now it's, now it's time to bring it to the nonprofit side and really, really push um, supporting and and creating. And, you know, look, it's not just about, not just about one thing we're talking about. Look, if you, if you're a veteran, you want to be an entrepreneur, there's an opportunity to support you in that. If you're a veteran and you want to find a really awesome job in corporate America, there's an opportunity for us to support you in that. If you, you know, there's, there's so many different things that we're working on in order to support guys to create the life they truly want to create the legend of their life. That was, that's the line. That's the line. Legacy only requires death. However, you lived up to this point, as soon as you die, you've left a legacy. Legend requires life. We don't have to die for something anymore. We get to live for something greater. And that's what we're doing. That's good. That's so good. I love that. (laughs) Please tell me you came up with that. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, In fact, actually, the 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 line that line came from came from John. John and I were talking about this. And John goes, This is early on when, when we first started Forge. Um I was personally battling really redefining my place in the world and, and working hard at becoming an entrepreneur and what that looks like. And John said, Adam, we were having a conversation around a contract negotiation that I was working with, with somebody at the time. And, and John said, Adam, look, your entire life has been of service. Your whole life, you've been willing to die for something. When are you going to be willing to live for something greater? He said those exact, those exact words to me. And you know me, I didn't talk for a day. After he said that, that's a miracle. That's that's magic. You know, I didn't talk for a day and and this, uh, there was this realization that he was right. Like guys that come from my community, guys that are, you know, law enforcement officers and firefighters and ambulance workers, EMS personnel, guys that are in the military. There's, there's one thing that's reinforced over and over, over again. It's to be of service selfless service over and over and over again. And so a lot of us look at us putting ourselves first and learning how to really live for ourselves. We see that as super selfish. And, and we don't, we don't want to be that way. We don't want to be super selfish. Um, and the biggest problem is that in not being super selfish, we always put ourselves last and then we end up carrying the weight of and the burdens of all the stress and all the anxiety and all the trauma and all and all the other stuff that comes with the job, and it never gets put out there. It's something I never realized. When you sign your name on the dotted line, 
you actually signed up to kill yourself, not to die for the country because you are, you literally are slowly killing yourself by never letting that stuff out. And this goes for anybody listening. It doesn't matter if you are a civilian or a veteran or a first responder, it doesn't matter where you come from. If, if you are living your life and you're never, you're never seeking new, new learning, if you're seeking comfort and you just want to be in that place, if you're not being open and vulnerable and, and sharing what's really going on inside of you, you, you're literally killing yourself. Like you're actively killing your cortisol levels go up, your stress and anxiety levels go up. You, it deteriorates your body. It, it breaks down your, your hormone regulatory system and you don't produce the right hormones. You don't sleep very well. You eat like crap because you're constantly trying to get dopamine dumps into your system. Like if you just carry that load, you're di- you are actively dying. You're literally killing yourself. And people don't realize that. And there's a lot of people doing it, right? God, man. A lot of people. So it's mm. a, it's a, it's a, the, it's the real pandemic. We could talk about COVID and get into it, but I don't really care about that. It's, it, it's the reality is there's an epidemic of comfort. There's an epidemic of self-isolation. There's an epidemic of bad nutrition and health. There's an epidemic of depression and victim in the victim mentality, especially in the United States. Epidemic. Yeah, I agree. Especially the, vic- the victim main mentality. Oh, oh my gosh, dude. I don't know how we got to this point. I know that's not worthy of debate really right here, but that gone, man, it seems like people are pitiful, just freaking pitiful. And they're excited about being pitiful and prideful about the fact that they're pitiful. Damn, son. Are you kidding me? What the heck is wrong I'm, with us? You, God. I'm, I'm cheering. I'm, cha- I'm championing myself to be the biggest victim right now. Exactly, man. Damn, yeah. gone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. That is exactly right. But let's get let's get back. Forge Legend is not doing that, right? No, it's not. And you know what? And 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 I think it all ties together because I want to focus on what you do too, and I think that's really important because I do sometimes what you do, right? Basic mm-hmm. survival courses. Sure. How do you start fires? How do you build shelters? How do you find and purify water? How do you set traps? Like the the whole nine yards. You, you go through the basic wilderness survival. We're not t- we're not talking about you know alone the the million dollar edition where they go into um, the Arctic and live in the Arctic circle for, for a hundred days or whatever it was. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's, that's killer. That was spectacular. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that if you, if you recognize that you're not a victim to your circumstance, if you recognize and you're unwilling to accept being a victim to the situation you find yourself in, then you shift from victim to creator. And that's what, that's what we do in survival. People are like, I want to thrive, not survive. I, I hate that phrase because it's so cliche. I want to live in excellence, not exist in, in mediocrity. That's what I want. Like, that's where I want to be. You're a quote generator, my friend. <laughs> that's why I love having you on, man. I'm taking, the, I'm taking notes, man, like I'm in Professor Adam Smith's class today. <laughs> I love it, man. But it's true. I mean, think about think about when you are teaching them the, the the mentality, the survivor mentality. The part of the survivor mentality is assess the assets that you have available and don't have a defeatist mentality. Nobody gets it, man. You get it. I mean, I, that my first book, man. I've got five chapters on mindset and mentality development. And man, I, know, I, but- I got hammered, hammered over that. This is bullshit. And I'm like, you're not. You don't run in the same circles I do. Because if you don't get that your mindset and how you look at things is the key to whether you're going to survive or not, then you're, you're just wrong. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And cause, and that will kill you. It's not about overconfidence. It's about, it's, it's not about being overconfident with what you have. It's about being confident that you have. Right. Right. That's the difference. I don't want to thrive. I don't, I want to live in excellence. That's where I want to be. Yeah. And that was, and that's the problem. That's the problem with guys coming out of the military. The, the number one issue is that, your purpose is defined by your job and your mission is defined by the government, right? So whatever that looks like. And the challenges in the transition is recognizing that you get the choice to define your purpose and your mission is the way to deliver that purpose into the world. It's like, my purpose is to create impact, period. Whatever that looks like, create impact. My purpose is to create impact. The best part about me defining my purpose is that my mission is how I deliver it. So this conversation, this is my mission. Forge legend, the for-profit side, taking, taking, you know, high earners. We're talking about guys that, that are, are financially very successful, right? Six, seven plus figures. These guys are very financially successful, high level earners. They are comfortable. They're living a good life. 
We don't want good. We want better. We want excellent. We're grateful for what we have, but we're not satisfied for where we are. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing in survival. I'm grateful for what I have and I'm not satisfied with where I am because I have to continue to improve my conditions inside of this situation. If I'm out in the middle of the mountains and I've had a horrible uh, snowmobile accident or a dirt bike accident and all my stuff is crashed and destroyed and there's no way of me getting out of the mountains right now because it's completely snowed in and I got to figure out a way to live and survive inside of that space. Well, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have a crashed snowmobile. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I have a backpack. I'm grateful that I have a way to start fire. I'm grateful that I have extra fuel. I'm grateful that I have stuff that I can create snowshoes with. I'm grateful that I know snares and I have the tools to do that. And I'm not satisfied with my current position because it must improve. And people are like, dude, why don't you just be happy with what you have? Oh, I am. You know, I I mean, I am. You got to strive for more if you want to stay living. But, and that's just it, man. Like, And I think that's the thing that people miss that the mentality piece, like, dude, I read your book. The first five chapters is exactly what it had to be. There had to be that if people don't understand the mentality, then there's no point in teaching the skill. I agree, man. I need you to be there with me when I'm teaching this stuff. So everybody knows that I got somebody backing me up on it. (laughs) Hey, when are you going to do your next release of your book? I will write a forward. I will write the forward of your book. And, and it will be this conversation. I'm, I'm volunteering right now. All right. Now we'll take you up as, lo- as long happens. as I can get two pennies, two pennies of profit per, per, per book sold. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. That's the thing about books, man. Don't write a book at them. No, there's no profit in it. <laughs> Dude, no, don't write books. If you want to make money. No, there's no, so there's I don't want to no go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Yeah. Dang dude. You're energetic. Dude, I, this I'm is good. Up. I want your listeners to understand the power of, knowledge, the power of learning, the power of choice. Like if, if you, if you're willing to choose to not be in the situation that you're in, then you'll create a way out of it. But if you're, if you're only willing to see that you're a victim to the situation, you're like, somebody else did this to me. Somebody else put this on me. The government's doing this to me. My next door neighbor's doing this to me. What was me? What was me? What was me? Someone support me and validate that I'm a victim. Then you're, you're doomed to stay in that same place. That's the, we don't want that. We don't want that. So what's next, man? What's next is what's the next, next thing you, is um, Forge Legend, for the foundation. What's next? What's going on? For, so the the next thing is uh, the first veterans event that we're going to put on. Um, we're looking for corporate donors and corporate opportunities. We're targeting the end of August for the first event, uh, and also like if people are looking for information about about us in general, they can go to forgelegend.com. I mean, the, the 501c3 is, is the entity. If you look at the paperwork that just got established, it, we got established 45 days ago. We've been working on this. This has been a project, passion project for since 2019 for me. And we, we got everything up and running and established. And, uh, and so the Forge Legend Foundation website will be forgelegendfoundation.org. They can also visit .com, .net, and I think .us. We have all those domains. And they'll lead them all to the same place. But we'll have that website up and run, up and running probably in the next 30 or 45 days. We have some back-end work mm-hmm. we have to do on that center construction. But you can see what we're about. I absolutely love it. So that's the first one in August. That's the first veterans make, event in August. You're going to make that one happen, it sounds like. Oh, make it happen I, and then just take it from there, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, the, the target. So the, the target is, is that we do four, event, four veterans events a year. Um, that's, the, that's so for 2020. What is this? What year are we in? 2021? So 2022. Correct. I can't even remember anymore. It's insane. So many crazy things happening. So for 2022, we want to do four veterans events, um, one each quarter, and we're going to keep the numbers probably down around 16 total participants per event, because we want to keep it. We want to keep it intimate. We want to keep it connected. We want to build that tribe and we want to build a tribe and foundational um, process. So guys that come in, they get to have a powerful experience. There's a, um, there is work on the front end, there's a three-day experience in the middle, two-day two day or three-day experience in the middle, just depending on, uh, on timelines. And then there's a hundred-day follow-up. I love veterans nonprofits across the country. I will, I will not say a bad, with the exception of one, with the exception of two, which I won't name. There, there's two that I don't support. But the rest of them, I love. Task Force Dagger Foundation, spectacular. The Warrior 110, I, I actually helped set up the Warrior 110, a 5-1-C-3 based out of Indiana. Um, the Brian Bill Foundation, like there's some really awesome veteran nonprofits out there, really awesome. And, and I love every one of them. One of the biggest challenges that are faced is that guys go to an experience, they have this powerful experience together in this tribal bond, 
And then there's not a structured follow on on the back end. And so guys go, boom, it's awesome. It's spectacular. And then the follow on is, it's just not super structured. And uh, the best one I've experienced so far is the Brian Bill Foundation. They're spectacular. I love them so much. They're really awesome people. They have a really spectacular experience and event for the veterans, and they have a pretty good follow on uh, on the back end, but it's not super structured. It's real loose. Right. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do is we want to take that concept and we want to create a structure on the back end. Look, veterans and first responders, they're the most coachable people out there because they've all been taught how to take orders, right? You got to learn how to lead and learn how to follow. And that's a really important piece of it. And so one of the things that we want to do with, with, with the guys that come through is we want to teach them, look, here's the foundational principles of choosing legend, like how to live your life, not in the military as a civilian, how you define it, how you choose it, how to live. And then we take that foundation from the run-up to the experience and we create a habitual process on the back end. So the next 90 days, these guys get to come in for 90 days. They have phone calls every week. There's assignments and work to do every week. There's engagement with the guys inside of the tribe every week. There's an opportunity to talk shit with one another every week, crack jokes, the whole nine yards, right? And then at the end of that 90 days, there's a follow-up get together. And that follow-up get together is like, it's like a celebration, right? It's, it's this celebration of growth and a celebration of a new choice and a celebration of a new life. And, and, and it's powerful. We're not, we're not taking broken men and teaching them how to start over. That's not what we're doing. We're taking men with powerful life experiences and teaching them how to apply that so that they can live and celebrate living. That's what we're doing. And that's what I love about it. Dang, I love that hundred odd hundred days, man. That's something that I'm not seeing much of at all. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's important. Up. It's important. I think it's the most important piece. You know, it really, it really locks it in. So when people come to these things, there's several of you guys that are leading and guiding them. I mean, yeah, we have, we have an, we literally have an army of, uh, of coaches and facilitators. Um, we got, we've got guys that are civilian, big, really successful civilian business guys. We've got sales specialists. We've got other veterans, guys from the army, guys from the Navy. Um, I mean, one of the guys that's gone through, one of the guys that's gone through Forge Legend, who is part of the Forge Legend Foundation is a silver star winner. You know, if you got, if you know, award silver star is one step away from the medal of honor. And uh, in fact, he's got his own, he's got his own action figure. <laughs> the <laughs> army made an action figure of him. Oh, that's uh, legit, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, he's a, he's an awesome dude. And we have, you know, we have another guy that, um, that was in the military. He was in the army. He went to Iraq. He came back from Iraq. He had a drug problem. And then in his recovery and his sobriety, he's not only created a hugely successful business as a veteran entrepreneur, but he's also started to give back with regards to having a sober house and su supporting other veterans who are battling the same problems that he faced. Like hmm. everybody inside of what we're doing is leaning in somehow or another into the nonprofit to try and support, but just to give back as much as possible. Right. How can we give back? Let's do that. You're not forgotten and you're not alone. And there's other people just like you out there that had the same, the same feelings, the same emotions, the same stresses, and more than likely have been in the same dark places, writing suicide letters and putting pistols in mouths. Cause I know I was one of those guys. So there's an opportunity. Who better to chat with them, talk to them, hang around the yeah, fire man. with them. Yeah, that's exactly. it. That's it. Good stuff, bro. I think you, you're going to have to come, I think, to one of the events. Just let me know. <laughs> let me know when, man. Come on. Just let me know when. I think you're going to have to come to one of the events. You, like, you're going to come as my guest. I don't know what that looks like or how we'll facilitate, but we're going to make it happen. And it'll look, and it's going to be awesome. Okay. Um, okay. Let me check. Yep. I'm there, dude. You just let me know when. We'll figure it out. We'll make it Heck happen. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. That makes me super excited. Yeah, that's it, man. That's what we got going on. All right. Good. This has been good, man. I love sharing these kind of messages right here. This is fantastic. I love what you're doing too. You can't stop doing what you're doing. It, it, there's been such a huge surge since COVID of people wanting to get back and get reconnected to the outdoors. Yeah. And I'm really hoping it doesn't go away. Uh, I'm the same way, man. And, and, and I'm not saying that from a business perspective either. No. We all need it. The country needs it. We all need yes. it. And I, I'm just thankful to be in the middle of it. So, I mean, I go to whoever you want to train with or just get out in the woods on your own. I don't care. Just do it. Just do it. Do That's it. exactly oh right. My gosh, man. Yeah. I told, uh, I told Megan, um, uh, Megan's my wife. I told her the other day, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just telling you right now, probably in the next couple of weeks, I'm packing a backpack and disappearing into the mountains for a few days and no cell phone. No, not, no, nothing. Just, just disappear. We need it. It's good. We all man. need to do that on occasion, man. 
without a doubt. What else, brother? Is this it? That's it, man. That's that's, that's, that's not that's enough. Good Lord, that's a lot of stuff, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, it's been good, man. It's been great to see you. Great to hear you. Good to see that energy as always. You get me fired up. I'll be fired up for a week now. <laughs> that's good stuff. Good. Man. Use it to go make something, bro. Oh man. Well, everybody look in the description below. You'll see, uh, I took notes as I usually do when Adam's talking and, uh, I'll have links for everything down below. So you can just click and do all that kind of stuff and find out more about what he's doing. So anything else, bro, before I sign us off, man, that's it. I, I, I just, I'm really grateful. Uh, I'm really grateful that you invited me to be here and I'm, I always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, man. Same, same here. So everybody, that's been it with Adam Smith and look in the description below for all the links. Come on, join in. Let's learn together. All right. So, all right, all right we're back. We, <laughs> we, we got to add some stuff in here. Go got, for it. We got to go add for it. All right. So, so I got to tell you this story. You talk about the story of victims and creators, right? So I got to tell you the story. So in December, I, in uh, what is this? 2021, this is 2021, right? So, okay. So 2020, right. early 2020, I figured out a way to get hands on a dirt bike, which I still, have to fulfill my side of the, the deal on that, by the way. Um, so if you're listening to this, just know that I know that I still have to fulfill my side of the deal. So that dirt bike, I end up, um, I end up trading that dirt bike for another dirt bike. And then the second dirt bike I had broke. So I had ridden probably a total of six total hours total on those two dirt bikes I had first. So this leads me to December of 2020, December, 2020. Um, uh, it's the end of the month. I tell Megan, we moved to North Carolina. We've been in North Carolina for three months now. We brought, I was like, man, North Carolina is like a Mecca for dirt bike riding. We're having a great time. So I told Megan, I said, look, the other dirt bike is done. It's toast. My, my bike mechanic said, it's not There's not going to be any point in repairing. It's going to cost more to repair the bike than it is to just buy a new one. So I was like, Roger that. So let's buy a new dirt bike. So we buy a new dirt bike and dirt bikes scare the crap out of me. The whole reason why I'm doing this is because there's not a lot of things that scare me. And I want to be like, I want to be a master of my fear. And so I want to recognize that I have it, put my little fear guy up on the shelf and go, I see that you're there fear. And I'm going to just continue to do whatever I want to do over here. Right. And so, uh, so we bought the new dirt bike and I had signed up for a dirt bike race in March. So this is the, this is the first week of January. And I'm like, okay, March, I'm going to do a dirt bike race. It's going to be awesome. And so uh, so basically each weekend I, I, I went and rid this dirt bike by myself. First time I ever rode the dirt bike scared to death. It's a 450. It's a, uh, it's a Kawasaki 450 XC. Basically what they did was they took a motocross bike to put an 18 inch wheel on the back. So a little fatter tire and they changed the sprocket ratios. And they were like, all right, now it's a cross country bike. It is not a cross country bike. It is a motocross bike. It's a 450. <laughs> it, it has a throttle. It has a, a clutch all like a, a motocross bike. And so, uh, so long story short, I train every weekend um, riding, and then I train in my front yard riding. We have a tiny, like I said, we live in Asheville. We don't, we live right downtown, small property. So I, I train balance in the front yard, and I train like actual seat time riding out out in a couple different riding locations here in Asheville. So here comes the here comes the March race shows up. It's time to go. This is exciting. It's a hair scramble. We're going to do, we got two hours to do t- as many laps as possible, right? right? A-class riders on this particular race, it's, it's called the um, a Strangest Ranch Hair Scramble, right? Put on by mid the Mideast Hair Scramble Association of North Carolina, some crazy crap. Anyway, so you start off in a bunch of different rows. If you're listening, you've done a hair scramble, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who haven't done this before, just go to YouTube and look up Strangest Ranch Hair Scramble and you can watch the actual route that we take. Anyway, so... So we're starting in line. We get to start. Boom. I got the, I'm off the line. I'm faster than everybody else off the line. I'm taking the whole shot. And then I like eat, slam on the brakes, get off the throttle. Cause I'm getting surrounded by other riders. I don't want to wreck the bike right off the jump. And uh, so I end up like, end up starting in like out of, out of, we had a, we said like 18 or 19 dudes in my row, 24 guys in my class. And so we hit the turn and I'm like, Ooh, slow down, get out of the way. So everybody's coming through and, uh, and it's a great time. So, I'm riding. It's the first lap and I'm going along and I see somebody throwing this flag and I hear a dude pull up next to me. He's like, and he's an A-class rider. He's like, Hey, they're doing a restart. I said, what? That's a restart. They're doing a race restart. Right. I said, what what do you mean? He's like, it's an entire race restart. Like, what do you, what do you mean an entire race restart? I've done a full lap. (laughs) The lap. Yeah. The lap was like, 
it was i want to say it was like 11 miles right Right. like miles long lap through mud holes through like really tight single track stuff that i'm not good at riding up a stupid hill that i couldn't get the bike up because i'm not good at riding i've been riding the bike for a total of 14 hours and i'm racing it but now it's time to start over and now it's time to start over gosh that so, sounds about like you man. Sorry. Man, oh, man. Man. so so we're at the starting line and uh we're sitting there and uh some of the guys that are buddies of mine that i made while riding they came out they brought an extra fuel and we refueled the bike and refueled all the other guys bike all the way had three dudes that i ride with regularly that were in this race and, um and there's about of the 24 guys you start seeing dudes like no nah, i'm not doing this i'm out oh really wow oh yeah oh yeah dude i'm t- like look whoa the, it's hot it's a long ride it is it's a gnarly route and yeah. um and and i'm riding in the open i'm riding in the open class it's just it's just it's just open right it's like um mm-hmm. it's, it's not counted for points or anything along those lines like mm-hmm. you're there for the guys are just yeah guys are like you know what no i'm good this dude jumps out another dude jumps out another dude jumps out. i think we went from 24 riders down to um i think we ended up going down to like 18 total riders in that class that, on the restart so we restarted again. We take off first lap. I get done with the first lap. I come through the line and I'm smoked, just completely blown. My forearms are smoked. I'm tired. I'm sucking wind. I'm trying to get down water. I can't stop because I have another lap to go. And I'm just, I'm done. And I'm like, nope, got another lap to do. So I take on my next lap and I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And I'm getting blown by like people just blowing past me. All the A-class a riders are lapping me. They're on their third lap right? And I just started my second lap. And these guys are just bah, 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 just going, blowing past me. And I get to this hill. And this is the story of mentality. If you're listening to this, it all leads to this moment. And I want you to understand this is very important. So I get to this hill and I am trying to get up this sucker and the hill's kicking my butt. My bike dies, right? I kill it. And I'm trying to start it. It won't start. So I'm ringing, won't start. It's got an electric start. Thank God, right? I don't have to kick it, but that's part of the problem. It doesn't have a kickstart too. It just is an electric start. Like the bike won't start. And I'm like, crap. So I'm standing on the side of the track or the the particular route that we're on. And um, I've been there for probably at this point, probably 15, 20 minutes. And nobody's passing me. Everybody's gone past me. Here comes a safety rider. He's the last guy, the safety rider, and he follows up the very end of the race. So I'm literally the last person on the track. And he's like, what's the problem, man? Dude, my bike won't start. Don't know what's going on. He's like, well, you want to try and bump start it and ride out? I do. He's like, all right, we'll turn that sucker around and try and bump start it. That means I have to turn around, go back down the hill, not the direction I want to go to get the bike started and then get the bike turned around without killing it and get back up the hill that just kicked my ass. And I'm like, wait a minute, man. let me try. Let me try to start her one more time. I don't know. I, it might, might not work. I don't know. Let me just try it one more time. I ping the starter fired right up. Now, later I find out that the bike's got a safety switch on it. So if the battery gets too hot, the battery actually stops. It shuts down and the bike shuts down. So it stops delivering power to the whole bike. Right. Oh, wow. Safety switch. It's kind of crazy. I didn't know this. And so like I, when I pushed the button, it wouldn't even give me the starter wouldn't even kick. So it was just a dead bike. But that's because the battery has a safety switch on. Didn't know this. So start the bike yes so now i'm riding the trail and the safety rider is on my butt and i've got probably two miles left to finish this race and i'm riding we're about three quarter mile away from the finish line and there's this big giant mud hole now let's talk about victim and creator there's a big giant mud hole i took the worst possible line the most unexperienced rider line that you could possibly take and what did I do? Bogged my bike down and killed it again in this mud. Hole. Oh my God. And here is the safety rider who has been riding a dirt bike for, I don't know how long he races. Apparently he's a really good rider. One of my best buds who is like a, an A class, uh, like over 50 rider. He told me that the safety rider that was riding with me is a, used to ride pro. I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. So here he is picks the best line. He's sitting on top of the mud. He looks like Jesus sitting on top of the mud with his dirt bike because he's like right on top of the water, right on top of the mud. And he's looking down at me. He's like, man, why do you keep picking the worst effing lines there are to pick? And I looked at him and I said, because I've been riding for 14, now 17 hours on this dirt bike. I've got no experience. And this is my first race. And he goes, well, you got your bike stuck. What are you going to do now? <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. Cause I'm pissed off and tired. So I reached down. I grabbed the rear fork of the bike. 
I, I grab the front fork of the bike and I go, this is what I'm going to do. And I pick the whole bike up off the ground, move it out of the mud hole. It's a 200, at this point, I think it's like 265 pound bike. Pick the whole bike off the ground, out of the mud hole, put it on the ground and look at him and go, that's what I'm going to do. And I get back on it and hit the starter and I'm gone. And I race and I finish and I finish the race smoked nice smoked did he come back to you at all he did he wrote up to me afterwards and he's like dude i cannot actually believe you finished <laughs> you just... that i i i'm not i'm not even kidding you i had brought a toe strap i thought i was gonna have to pull you out oh my god literally thought i was gonna have to pull you out after that was done mind you if anybody knows everybody meet me i'm i'm six three right now i'm 282 pounds um I've been a power lifter and a weight lifter and a whole nine yards. I've never been a, a slim or slender person my entire life. I've never been lean. I've been built like an ox. So after that got done, I told my wife, I said, okay, that was good. I'm going to keep riding. I'm going to get better. We're going to do another race, but I'm going to sign up for an Ironman 70.3 that I'm going to do in October. And she said, you're going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so now I'm training for an Ironman 70.3. And that gravy, happens dude. that happens in October up in Muncie, Indiana. That does not surprise me, man. And that's it. And I just signed up for uh, I just signed up for an enduro uh, an enduro dirt bike race that's going to happen in uh, in September over I want to say Labor Day weekend. It's supposed to be a 55 plus mile hmm. dirt bike race. So I'll do that one in September and then in October, I think a month later I'll be doing the uh the Ironman. Nice. Yeah, man. You the man, dude. Hey, and roll, son. you don't got targets. You got nothing to strive for. There you go. I like it. it. Well, we'll work this back into the podcast, dude. <laughs> Good stuff, brother. Bro, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I love you too, man. Appreciate it. And uh, and uh, call me and let me know what you got going on. If you're going to be back down this way or, um, you know, if you ever need an, if you ever need an AI to come smile and, and, and uh, hype people up. You the man. You know I'm in. I'll come play. All right. That sounds good. All right, brother. Thanks, brother. Appreciate yep. you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blinds School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.